Hello and welcome to another episode of This Expat Life. And today I have a new guest and his name is Willem van Uyen. And Willem is a friend and business buddy of mine that I met here in The Hague. He's also a communications trainer, a consultant, a long distance hiker and an entrepreneur. And he currently offers in Dutch a course on soft selling for advisors. And he also hosts in-person feedback workshops through which he enables better conversations wherever he goes. And besides working in the oil business, giving financial advice, working as a marketeer and manager and fostering kids with disabilities, he also hiked over 3000 kilometers on a single five month trip through Slovenia, Austria, Switzerland, France and Italy. Oh my God. <laughs> Welcome, Willem. <laughs> wow. Thanks. Thanks so much. I'm really pleased to have you here. Um, you are not an expat because I usually invite expats on the show, but I heard your story when you really? first told me that you hiked five months uh, towards uh, Italy and I was just amazed yes. and I thought I need to invite you because I'm sure you have so much to tell that is really useful for expats. And I think like living abroad is a very challenging experience, which will teach you a lot about yourself and the world. But hiking on your own for five months, I think will teach you even more. So can you maybe explain a little bit more how you got to that idea to hike to Italy? Sure. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here, by the way. So I uh, always love sharing stories, especially about my trip. So, um, yeah, very happy to be here. Um, it was uh, 2020, about 2019, actually, I decided to uh, to start a long distance hike, well, to actually start planning on it. I read a lot of stories about the Pacific Crest Trail in the United States. And yeah, I know that this, one. Always, this always fascinated me and um, read books about it. I watched the movie Wild, of course. And I was actually planning on, on going there and I got a permit and I got all my stuff together to do that. Um, I was in a point in my life, I'd just gotten divorced. I was trying to figure out, you know, who I was and, and what resonates with me and what's important to me. And one of these things, one of these dreams that just surfaced was going on such a long distance hike. So I thought, what better time than now to start planning? So, uh, so that's what I did. And of course, COVID hit in the in early 2020 and everyone thought you know this is this is going to blow over in a few weeks and uh, i thought so too so i postponed my trip with a few weeks and you know one thing led to another and and it ended up uh, not being possible to go to the us and i thought shit i packed my bag i'm ready i quit my job i made every arrangement necessary to leave my life for six months actually and now it's not happening so i actually found the uh, sentiero italia on an obscure website i found a gps track i didn't know anything about this route i didn't know where i was going i didn't know how many people would be there um, turns out not so many and i just went the moment the borders opened i uh I got into my car and I drove to the to the start, which is Trieste near the border of Slovenia, and I started hiking. Wow, what a story! Before we dive into the hike, uh, I already got triggered by what you said, or at least it resonated with me that 
you mm. wanted to do something like you were at this, you had this major life-changing event, your divorce, and this idea of hiking solo just popped into your head. And often like people ask us like, oh, what made you do this or that when it's a big life thing? And um, I recently thought about that with my own career move. And I I told people like, I just knew I had this, this the coaching really pulled me and i have a feeling it's the same with you with your hike am i correct yes yeah yes. and how i didn't really know i didn't really know what i was going for exactly i just knew in a way that i had to do it i'd been thinking about it for years and i thought ah i, I can't seem to let it go so i mm -hmm. i should do something about this yeah so you were thinking about it for a couple of years already. And I know with these yes. like voices that are telling you to go towards mm. a goal or towards a path, in your case, a literal path, it's always really difficult somehow to really listen to them. I, I guess a few people mm. are like, they do it instantly. They don't care what other people say, but the majority of us will tell themselves or others will tell them, no, it's not a good idea. So was that the same in your case? Did you have those inner voices that were telling you don't do it or outer voices of your, your social circle? Yes, for sure. So I have a son, a foster son, who, uh, who I would miss for months as well. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the biggest... Yeah, uncertainty for me, like, am I doing the right thing doing this trip? Yeah. And uh, beside from that, there's the obvious, you know, what if uh, I quit my job and I can't find one again when I'm get when I get back? Or, uh, you know, what if I lose touch with a lot of people? Or what if it's not fun? And all of the what ifs and and why I shouldn't do it. And there were external voices, but a lot of internal voices, but Definitely also my dad, for example, actively tried to talk me out of it. Mm, um, that's always do that. <laughs> yes. And and my mom was scared, of course, uh, something might happen to me. And, you know, so, yeah, for sure. But some, you know, something inside me just just knew, like, I should do this. Yeah. And initially I planned on only doing two and a half, three months. But uh, my ex-wife was actually gracious enough to say to actually uh, actually be a voice um, sort of campaigning for me to go. She was like, well, I know you want to do this and I got this. I will take care of our son and and you should do this because this is this is what you really want to do. So, yeah, that was that was super cool. Um yeah, super grateful for that one. Yeah. yeah, you you need that. I mean, I think everyone needs a few supportive voices. And especially in your case, when it's yes. so, you know, your foster son, like it's so difficult to leave him alone. And then your ex-wife actually telling you like, go, it's okay, I've got this. That's really beautiful. Yes. It gave me goosebumps actually when you when you shared yeah. that. So. Um, what are so obviously you know hiking on your own for five months like you are yes. with your thoughts 24 7 what oh, yeah. are some of the things that um the hike taught you about yourself or about the world i think the biggest lesson that i got was stop chasing stuff that doesn't matter 
I was hiking for months and indeed uh, I even uh, made a challenge with myself to not listen to music, for example, because a lot of long distance hikers, they, you know, they put in a, a podcast in their ears or, or listen to music all day or, yeah. you know, kind of to, the, to, to keep their mind occupied. But I made a, a conscious choice not to do that. So I was definitely feeling, you know, every step and, and listening to every thought in my, in my head yeah um but also the uncertainty of what the trail would bring what the i had a i had a path which is six thousand kilometers which is completely insane um but i didn't know how fast i would go because there was no information about the trail so at some point it got into my mind i started in trieste which is the northeast of italy and it goes through the alps and then all the way down italy uh, down to calabria sort of the tip of the boot. And uh, then it continues to Sicily and Sardinia. But I I had a thought, okay, I might make it to Calabria. So all of Italy, the whole mainland. And I didn't know how far that was exactly. Uh, so I calculated it and I thought, okay, if I do such and such kilometers every day, you know, I started hiking faster and faster. I could, I can make it. And this actually took me about six weeks, almost two months for me to realize I was running. I was starting to now, you know, add a, extra kilometers every day, going faster and faster, getting up at six, stopping at like 9.30 at night, um, taking breaks for like five minutes to eat something, and then just continuing running down the trail and not actually, you know, slow down and enjoy the scenery and, and, uh, I was thinking, um, you know, this is going to cause delays, right? If something would happen, I would end up in a small town and the store would be closed. And I would have to walk down off the trail to another town to get groceries. It's like, oh, this is going to cost me half a day. I'm going to have to catch up, you know, I'm going to have to walk even faster the rest of the day to to make up for this. And at one point, I just thought, what am I doing to myself? I just traded all of the stuff I left behind at home, all of the goals that I was chasing and this, the, the, you know, um, career goals or, you know, I want to make more friends or I want to do this. I want to go there. I want to want to be there. I traded that for another goal, going to Calabria. But what was there? There was nothing there. It's not about the destination, it's about the journey, but it's really a hard lesson to learn if you're, if you're just out there all day with your thoughts and yeah, just running. Yeah. So yeah, that was definitely my biggest lesson. Yeah. Uh, at what time of the trail did you learn that lesson? How far were you? I think I was about, mm, I think almost 2000 kilometers in, well, 1500 oh, wow. maybe. Yeah. yeah. So over halfway. Yeah. Halfway. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much halfway, I think. Yeah. yeah. And what changed for you when you were finally able to let that goal go and you could enjoy the journey more? Um, well, at first I had a full blown existential crisis. I was thinking, okay, but if I'm not going there, where am I going? And does any of this matter? I've proved to myself that I can do this 
who do I need to show that I can, you know, run around mountains and, and hike all day. And I've proven that to myself. This, this comes easy now because, you know, my body was getting used to it. My mind was getting used to just making long days and doing the same thing over and over again and, and sticking with it. Um, but I thought, why would I, if I'm not going to Calabria, why would I even take a single another step? So I sat on a rock and I still feel it right now as I'm telling you this. I sat on a rock for about five hours, I think, on the side of the trail somewhere in Switzerland. And I just waited. I just thought, I don't, I don't want to go. I don't want to walk a single step. Uh, there's no point. Uh, I want, I don't really want to go home, but I don't really want to be here. Like, and then at some point I thought, okay, I'm after five hours, I thought, okay, I've seen this place. I'm might as well walk out of here. And before I knew it, I found myself in the next town and walking into the grocery store and getting supplies for the next two days. And it wasn't even a super conscious move, but I realized, oh, okay, I'm not done, I guess. And I spent the next two and a half, three months of my trip slowing down, but taking it day by day, step by step, really. Because at any point in time, I could decide to just take a train back to my car, go home, be with my son, you know. But I didn't, and I made it 3,089 kilometers all the way to Rome, which was a beautiful ending to my trip. Yeah. Vatican City. Yeah, amazing. Wow. Um, it almost sounds like you had a crisis that so many of us have in our lives. You know, at some point we reach an age mm. where a lot of bad things happen or we just meet a lot of resistance in life. And mm. You start to wonder like, oh, what for what or whom am I doing it all for? What am I chasing? Who am I really? Um, and some of us, like we, or most of us at that time, I think we just break a little bit. Like we 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 pause, we stop, and we, we cannot move anymore. And it takes some time, I really think, to slow down, yes. to turn inwards, to then move forward and, and go on our own path again. And it just sounds like you had all of that in like a miniature version, although at the time I'm oh, sure yeah. it felt really big. Um, but I, I just, I thought it was such a nice metaphor for life also. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And I think, I mean, this was, this was definitely a sort of a breaking point on my trip, but I think after that, uh, after I was aware of, of this process and, and, you know, having to decide for every step forward to, to actually take it. Um, there were a lot of these moments, a lot of these miniature moments, sometimes, you know, uh, every day, sometimes every hour, sometimes every minute I had to, you know, go through a little crisis of, of, of thinking, what am I doing? What does this mean? Why am I here? What does anything mean? Who am I? Um, but the thing is, I got used to it as well. So mm. the longer you're in it, the more, at least with me, the more my mind went quiet. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, I've been here before. 
I've had these thoughts and yeah, they're there. It's okay. I can just keep walking and just accept this is what I'm doing right now. And it doesn't have to be great. It doesn't have to be bad. It doesn't have to be anything. It just is. It almost sounds like um, you were five months in a monastery or something and had like a monk life where yeah. <laughs> it's very similar. You know, you learn to disassociate yes. from your thoughts, like you accept your thoughts and, and they're there, but they're not you. Um, it sounds like you were doing that as well during your trip. What are yeah, was... um, some of the things that you still take with you in your daily life back home? And I, you said like you had these miniature moments every day, sometimes every mm. hour, every minute. Like I can yes. imagine, well, I'm projecting a little bit, but I can imagine that coming home again might feel a bit like, what is this life here? Like it's boring or it's too full, full of clutter and noise. How did you deal with coming back home? Um, being in such a different environment anymore again sorry and how do you take the lessons that you learned on the trail with you in your daily mm. life now so <clears throat> it definitely felt like as much a journey inward as it was a journey walking in nature so so yeah spot on um i was really looking forward actually to going home by the time I got to Rome I actually booked four days in Rome because I thought you know I'll, I'll relax I'll have a I booked an Airbnb and and uh, walk around the city adjust a little bit go back to sort of civilian life uh, within society having showers every day and stuff like that but because sometimes I didn't shower for like two or three weeks I, I stank it was horrible <laughs> Um, but I was really looking forward to not only seeing my son again, of course, but, uh, to just be home and, and cook really, because I love cooking and I didn't really get to cook. I had one pot and just simple things like that. I was looking forward to, um, I did take some time. Uh, luckily I had some savings left when I got back to, you know, not immediately start working again. So that was definitely a good move because, because yeah, it takes a lot of time to to just adjust back to daily life. Um, so yeah, that was that was very good. What I took with me was that sense of peace, I guess. And I can still go back to it now. Like, what does what does this all mean? Yeah, it doesn't have to mean anything. It, I don't have to, you know, uh, associate with my thoughts as much. And, um, yeah, a sense of I can do things as well. As long as I keep taking one step, I'll get there. And it sounds like, a, like you know, the cliche, everyone knows that even the biggest journey starts with a single step, but it really, really is true. Yeah, I can attest to that. And also, I like what you said, that you feel more peace and that you you kind of know that you're capable of whatever you want to do, like, because you've mm. done things before. And this is exactly the energy that I get from hanging out with you. We meet, you know, every couple of weeks to talk about our businesses. And every yes. time I leave a conversation with you, I'm just so full of inspiration because uh, when I'm talking to you about my business or your business or life in general, it really feels that you've got the 
end very, very clear in mind. You know exactly where you're going to and you eliminate the noise and the clutter. Um, and that just makes you feel like very in control. And also, you know where you want to go and you kind of radiate that energy to other people, which at least to me. So I'm really grateful for that energy that you found on the trail and that you now give to others as well. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. As much as I'd like to, I'd like to fully agree. I don't know what I'm doing in the end. Mm -hmm. So I just know in a way, as long as I keep taking steps, I'll get there. But yeah, I change, I change my plans. I change my, my, you know, that, that dot on the horizon, you know, but yeah, I, I guess. I guess I feel pretty sure that it's going to be okay. And that's definitely something I took took with me from Italy. Beautiful. Yeah, I really love that. Yes. So um, you said that uh, when I asked you to prepare for this interview that you also wanted to speak mm. about some things about like listening to yourself and your intuition, um, yes. how we identify what labels we put on ourselves. Mm. Can you maybe share a little bit about why you want to talk about these things? Yeah, so it's actually related to to my trip to Italy because and traveling alone in general, I really love uh, because it gives you a lot of opportunity to explore who you want to be. Arriving in a new place um, on your own, especially you can reinvent yourself and that that gives a lot of freedom you know i would walk into one town and you know start talking to the five random people and making friends and ending up at someone's house for a barbecue and all kinds of stuff um and the other day i would another day i would just walk into a town and not talk to anyone not even look at anyone and just be with myself. And, you know, and this could change day by day. I didn't have to explain anything to anyone about who I was. I, you know, I could even, I could have, I did not, but I could have, I didn't have thought about it. You know, I could walk into a town and call myself by a different name and, you know, make up a whole story about who I'm, who I am. And, you know, just getting to decide who you are and uh, a lot has to do with, with the labels we give ourselves. So what I noticed in my work um, and also just talking to, to people um, is that people often let the stories they tell about themselves define them and they keep telling stories that no longer serve them, no longer help them in what they are or want to become and they just keep telling these stories because they've always told them and um, I'm very aware these days of you know my story and where I came from and you know what happened to me but does what happened to me define who I am now or where I'm going yeah I don't I don't want to make that uh, that link too strong I so res resonate with everything that you just said. 
um, starting with maybe like picking a new identity when you go somewhere new. I mm. found that whenever I lived abroad, that it just gave me this sense of like, oh, I get to color in an, an entire new life and no one knows me here. So I can right. do and be whoever I want to be. And yes. it's kind of an addictive feeling. <laughs> so <laughs> it, what happens to me now is that when I'm feel when I feel stuck in my life here or when I'm not entirely happy anymore, I just feel or mm. I feel overwhelmed. I just want to like break out and start all over again because I've done it so often. It's such a nice way really to to start all over again. Um, yes. Don't you feel sometimes the same way or don't you long back for the thrill to be whoever you want it to be? Um, I definitely, definitely consciously make a choice to, to, you know, check in with myself to, to, to explore, okay, am I where I really want to be? And I don't really feel like I want to go back to the trail and, and do another hike, which a lot of people do who, who have long distance hikes. And, but I feel I've, like I've done that and 3000 kilometers is, is kind of a lot I still feel my legs hurting, still feel the blisters on my feet. And it's been years ago. So, yeah, um, not necessarily that, but but definitely the feeling it brings of um, starting something new, starting a new life, starting even starting a new job or making new friends and, and sort of reinventing yourself. That's definitely something I I do constantly almost. So, yeah, would would definitely recommend everyone to do that and it really helps to change your environment sometimes yes to yes. really step back and you know take a trip especially take a trip by yourself i'd yep. actually never done that before going on my hike which was was a bit of a strange realization when i got there i was like oh yeah i've never traveled on my own <laughs> how do people do this yeah. and i'm doing this for six months like or ended up being five but yeah. I was planning on six. So yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Like it really helps sometimes to change your environment, especially if you feel stuck yes. or if you want to adopt a new story about yourself. Yes. Go somewhere new that it inspires you or that triggers you yeah. to think new things and to do new things. You actively need to change your environment if you Yes. Well, it helps to change your environment if you want to be someone else. And having yeah. a little trip by yourself is definitely like an inspiration booster, I'd say. Yeah, I really like yes. this tip. And then um, the stories that we tell ourselves, again, something that mm. I really resonate with, or it really resonates with me, I have to say. Yes. Um, we are all stuck in stories. Stories help yes. us to make sense of what's going on inside of us or outside of us or in the of world. Course. But you're right. Sometimes stories, they don't serve us anymore. They've served us for mm. a very long time. Maybe some things that happened to you in your childhood that made you who you are uh, as an yes. adolescent or as a, as an, an adult. But at some point, the stories start to like, it just starts to feel a bit tight, like jeans you don't fit properly anymore, yes. you know? And it's time oh, yeah. for a new story. But most of us aren't really aware of our stories. Um, so I'm really glad that you're bringing this up because... I noticed it myself as well. When I came back from Brazil to the Netherlands, a lot of bad things happened uh, at that point in my life. And a year later, I still found myself in that story of like, oh, I got home and this and this and this happened. Mm. And until I realized this story doesn't serve me anymore. Like 
it's just, it's not who I want to be. It's not the energy I want to bring to this world. It's time for a new story. And I actively had to remind myself of it. So I wasn't telling the story to myself, but also to others, because I noticed I, ca I kind of was falling back into that story all the time. So what really helps is to really become super mindful of what you're saying to yourself and to others yes. and to very purposefully change your words into a new story and to re-identify or identify, start identifying with that new story. So long introduction for a question. What is a story, your, what is your new story? What is the story you're bringing out to this world now? Yeah, I think the thing I'm trying to do now is to tell less stories, actually. To, you know, tell people what I'm doing or what I'm thinking, but I try to really actively catch myself when I say, you know, I am an entrepreneur because that's an identity that I've, you know, I've adopted. I am just me. I run a business. I, you know, I do things, but I am not those things. And um, I was talking to a friend yesterday and he said, um, it's, the story doesn't really matter, but he said, yeah, my girlfriend, she can't say that she also likes women and she can't it's like sure you she can we all know you can but it seems hard you know maybe you don't want to you choose not to but it's not like you can't so a lot of what we say and the, the language we use and I'm a, I'm a bit sensitive to this because of my profession as well but especially the language we use defines our thinking so I try to be very mindful of, of the things that I say and how I say them. And uh, yeah, that's basically what I'm trying to do. Great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. The impact of language is so big. Um, I, I'm a coach, so I listen very carefully to what people say. And already the way yeah. that they tell their story, even though it's facts, says so mm. much about what they believe about themselves or about the others or the yes. world. Um, so I, yeah, I fully agree. Like language is so important. And again, if you want to change your story, like you're saying, start paying attention to your language, the language that you're yes. using um, yes. and see if you can tweak that a little bit so you can change your thoughts as well. Yes. Um, yeah. So you are so multifaceted, I believe, like you're a hiker, you are a good listener because that's your profession. You are now an entrepreneur. You've got so many stories to tell, really. And mm. you say very intentionally, like, but my identity is me. I am, I am Willem. I am who I am. And the other yes. things are just roles. And I think it's really yes. important for us to be aware of all the roles that we have in life, because too often we mm. identify with one of the other, uh, one of another. And um, we are not always our roles. And when we no. identify too much with one and that role or task comes to an end, like a job, you know, who are you then? And maybe that's the existential yes. crisis you also had a little bit on the way to Italy. Yes. Yes. Who am I if I don't continue hiking? Yeah. Like, would that make me 
a quitter. Exactly. That's, and then your story is one your of the quitter. Stories. Yes. Yeah. But I could also tell the story that I'm very mindful of when enough is enough. Yeah. And I made a conscious choice to spend my time elsewhere. And I was very aware of what my needs were at that moment. Exactly. So you could tell the same, you could have the same situation, but tell two completely polar opposite stories. Yes. Yeah. It's often very coming from a victim position or it's very empowering. And yeah, yeah, I, I really agree with that. Okay. So I wanted to ask a few final questions and one, mm-hmm. I wanted to keep it broad, but then I thought, no, <laughs> I'm going to be a little bit selfish and I'm going to uh, uh, ask it for me only. <laughs> I'm okay. thinking, I've been thinking of walking or hiking the Pacific Crest Trail for years uh, for, from the time that the book wasn't a movie yet, actually. Um, mm-hmm. It's so, mm-hmm. reson- her story so resonated with me. And I always thought like, oh, this is something that I want to do. Something that I cannot explain, yes. but something that has been on my mind forever. And now I was just talking to a friend about it uh, a couple of days ago that I wanted to do it. But then I thought, you know, I'm in the early sort of stages of my business still. I cannot take four or five mm-hmm. months off. So I keep saying to myself, okay, maybe in two years then or in three years. So what advice would you give me to walk this uh, PCT anyway, or to get going, or I don't know, what would you tell me? Just do it. (laughs) Just go. You know you want to, and I know you can. I mean, it's, it's, you just have to decide to do it. And there's a million reasons not to do it. Like what's, what's, yeah, what's going to happen with my business and yada, yada, yada. But does that stuff really matter? And if it's good, if it's a, it's a thing that you really want to do, you can get back to it. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Like you can always take a, take a break. And that's really what I realized. Um, You know, I thought I was going to put my whole life on hold, but you know, half a year is, is, it's a long time. If you, you know, have to count every blister and every step for sure. (laughs) Um, But it's also not, it's also just, you know, just a couple of months and people are okay without you. Your, your business will be fine. People will wait. Nothing, nothing's going to burn down. I mean, you're, of course, very important to a lot of people and I'd miss hanging out with you, but we'll be all right. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm definitely going to check it out and get the permit after this conversation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was a little nudge that I needed. Um, So one other final question that I ask to all my guests, and that is, and I think this one is especially interesting for you because you've done the like the real traveling like the hardcore traveling Mm. right not like how i i've also traveled on my own for long periods of time but it was always with a backpack and with some luxuries and with a phone nowadays um Mm. but you've done the hardcore traveling and i'm really curious about this or about your answer and the question is what is the number one hack uh to make traveling or living abroad easier a mindset trick, a product, a habit. I'm really curious mm. to your answer. 
take less stuff is really what I felt like. And I'd read about hikers taking less gear and, and traveling lighter to, to just have a lighter load on their back. But I, what I really found, I, I tried to weigh out and, and plan out everything that I was bringing. So I had one set of clothes and, you know, half a toothbrush and a pocket knife, which was like five centimeters and one pot, which was also my cup, one spoon. That was it. I, I didn't, when it was cold, I was wearing everything I had. And just going that far in being super minimalistic, especially when you travel, just makes everything easier. I had my whole house and everything that was important, everything I needed was on my back, but I could also hold it in one hand. I could, you know, uh, shove it in, in a small locker if I wanted to go somewhere into town. I, I didn't need anything. I had one pair of shoes, if something something breaks, you know, you manage, you fix it, or you, you know, you wrap a t-shirt around your shoe and and you walk to the next town, you'll figure it out. You'll ask for help. You meet more people. So just going super minimalistic, especially when you travel, is something I still do and still really, really love. I just bring half of what I need and then I figure it out. Yeah. This is an advice I also needed to hear. I'm a, I'm definitely not a light packer, but like you say that you could like your whole house, you could fit like in a locker. Yes. That must be so freeing as well to realize yes. that I don't need anything. I have exactly what I need for my basic needs. And actually I don't need much yes. more. Exactly. And uh, I met a few hikers who went, there's a lot of huts in Italy, of course, in the mountains, in the Alps, in the other countries as well, where you can, you know, spend the night for, I don't know, a couple, uh, a couple of euros. And actually some of them are quite expensive, but, um, but I had a tent, I had a hammock actually, and I could just sleep pretty much everywhere. And exactly that gives you so much freedom. And then finding the confidence that, okay, it doesn't really matter where I end up, where I end up tonight or how far I go. If I go and go another kilometer or not, I can sleep anywhere. I had a water filter with me so I could, you know, drink from every muddy pond and, and every stream. So it just, it's, it's a lot of peace of mind. And I didn't have to worry about washing my clothes because, you know, I was wearing my clothes. I was dirty anyways. I didn't have to, didn't have to worry about losing well, a lot of stuff or stuff really breaking because I didn't have much. And it's just on your mind, it's also a lot less load. And that's what people forget. It's like, oh no, my my checked-in luggage got lost at the airport. I don't care. I don't have any. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. I completely free. Yes. It is. And I, I was just quiet for a little bit because I thought, oh, that's another beautiful metaphor of life. Like sometimes we bring along so much luggage with us that yes. doesn't serve us anymore, yes. but we take it with us. And why? Yes. Like sometimes it's good to let things right. go and it's physical luggage or clutter, but it's also really mental and emotional clutter. So yeah, Precisely. I like this one too. <laughs> yes. Cool. Okay, Willem, yes. we're rounding this interview up, but um, if people want to know more about you or 
hear more pieces of, of advice from you, where can they find you? Right. Well, I'm most active on LinkedIn these days. So you can find me by my name. It's probably in the show notes. You're yes. probably going to put it yes. there, right? I will. Um, but I'm on, on most other social media platforms as well. So find me wherever you're at and you'll find where I'm at. Great. And a, a, a tiny shout out to your LinkedIn because you started sharing there much more uh, since uh, mm. a couple of weeks, I think. And yes. your posts are really inspiring and are also really good stories about, um, I don't know, listening more carefully about to what's being said and also what's not being said. And also really about admitting mistakes, being honest to yourself. I really enjoy reading your posts because they always make me think um, uh, about how I would do it and about my own mistakes in the past or how I listen to other people. So again, uh, if wow. you want to hear that kind of stuff, really follow Willem on LinkedIn because uh, I really enjoy reading your posts. Wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thank you for being ah. on the show. I really enjoyed interviewing you. And um, I will add everything to the show notes that you just mentioned for your socials. And uh, well, I'll see you soon Great. again, Willem. And for yeah, the others, I'm really glad that Willem was on the show. And I hope to see you soon again. Wow. Great. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. I had a lot of fun. And I'll uh, meet you soon. Great. Thank you. All right. Wow, I really enjoyed this interview with Willem and I hope you did too. I could talk for many more hours with him about mindset work, hiking, the stories that we tell ourselves. But um, yeah, this podcast cannot go on forever. In any case, if you are interested in that mindset work and the language that you use and how you can change your environment to be a different person, um, how your identity works, what your mission is in life and more, then I've got a really nice offer for you. And that is my new training, The Expat's Path. It is a 30-minute training in which you will walk a path discovering a situation that you're not happy about, really exploring it from your environment up to your mission and then you will see where your block lies currently so you know what you can change exactly to generate a different outcome. This is an exercise I've done with many of my coaches and they all loved it and I've done this exercise myself as well and it's one of my favorites too because it helps you to really put everything that you're experiencing in order, like it gives you a grip on your situation again. And it also really shows you what is possible in life if you identify with your mission and your new identity. So if you're interested in that training, it is available now. And after purchase, you get immediate access and also lifetime access. So you can go back to the training as often as you want to. That's it for now. I hope to see you again on the next episode of This Expat Life.